1: I take no pleasure in what I have to say. I'm extremely disappointed in what the White House has done. Extremely disappointed that they've taken the issue of DACA, they've expanded it to dreamers, they've gone from seven to 800,000 individuals to now 1.8 million, and they're offering them citizenship. Not just legalization, but citizenship. Now, keep something in mind. This is the first round with Schumer and Dick Durbin. They're not going to stand for just 1.8 million. You start with 1.8 million, Barack Obama never did that. This is a bigger number than Barack Obama ever contemplated. He's laughing. He's laughing tonight. But don't worry, we're told. Don't worry, we got all these concessions. And what are they? Well, I have the talking points from the White House right in front of me. The White House's immigration plan will offer a path to citizenship for 1.8 million immigrants. Yesterday we were talking about 7 or 800,000 legalization. Now we're talking about 1.8 million citizenship. And don't forget 7 or 800,000 came forward under the DACA program. That means one million of them didn't come forward. Now, why didn't the other one million come forward, ladies and gentlemen? Mr. Producer, do you know why? Well, many of them didn't come forward because many of them were concerned about their own backgrounds. Many of them didn't have the qualifications. They didn't have the evidence that they were broad-haired as children some of them are crooks and criminals and yet with a snap of two fingers we've expanded from 7800,000 to 1.8 million so here's what the the white house has put out Stephen miller in particular the big picture the plan is a comp, a compromised position That includes some extremely generous provisions that should make Democratic support to get the 60 votes a given. White House advisor Stephen Miller said on the call, but that's not true. That's not true because Durbin's going to want more. Gutierrez is going to want more. You started with 1.8 million. You should never have started with 1.8 million. This guy's not a great poker player. That includes establishing a path to citizenship. Now we even talk like leftists. A path to citizenship. To 1.8 million younger immigrants. Notice they don't call them kids. Because most of them are not kids. They're in their twenties and thirties. 1.8 million younger immigrants with work or education history. What does that mean? And good moral character. How is that determined? What if Jeb Bush had proposed this, or Kasich, or any of them? Would you be happy about it? Is this what the President promised? That number, substantially larger than the 800,000 DACA recipients, includes individuals who did not apply for DACA but met its requirements. Yes, of course. The concession on DACA comes with the ability to terminate the status of individuals seen as a threat to national security based on criminal history. Well, if you have a criminal history and you're here illegally... Why aren't you being deported anyway? That shouldn't even be on the negotiation table. Haven't we been told if you have committed a crime or have a criminal history, you're going to be deported? That doesn't need to be part of any deal. If you're a threat to our national security and you're here illegally, what is stopping the administration from, from deporting somebody like that? Nothing. The White House plan also includes an end to the visa lottery program and chain migration. Well, we're all for that. So why didn't you say we'll extend DACA for a period of time? Or better yet, why didn't you say, first, we need to deal with chain migration and the lottery program and securing the border. Then we'll deal with DACA. But we always get the tail end of this thing. Listen to this one. This is funny. A 25 billion dollar trust fund for the wall system. Let me ask you a question. A 25 billion dollar trust fund for the wall system. Let's say the administration gets that point. That the Democrats say, you know what? We've changed our mind. 1.8 million. Yeah, we want, we'll let you take the wall. 25 billion dollars. How does that commit future Congresses? Didn't we learn this lesson yet? Unless they spend the $25 billion in the same year that the Republicans control the Senate and the House, they're not going to get $25 billion in the out years for any wall. The Democrats will cut it off. That's the appropriation process. Now listen, we're not talking about authorization, authorizing the spending. We're talking about the actual spending. There is no way to tie future Congresses to this $25 billion. They can talk about a trust fund all they want. The next Congress can say, uh, no trust fund. Thank you. How many more Republican presidents are going to be burned by this? They're going to give amnesty. Let me be abundantly clear on a pathway to citizenship. The White House put its cards on the table foolishly. 1.8 million illegal aliens get amnesty. Oh, but it'll be over 10 to 12 years, they say. No, it won't. Even under the best circumstances, Donald Trump will not be president 10 or 12 years from now. Another president can speed up the process. There's nothing to stop that. These variables can't be controlled. Closing loopholes in the system that make it almost impossible to deport illegal immigrants, such as court backlog or the catch-and-release policy through which immigrants are released while waiting a hearing. Why don't you do that already? Why don't you do that already? Now, here's what I know. I know that you're going to be told that this is the greatest act of genius and brilliance since man walked on two feet. You're going to be told this is the most clever positioning possible, because the Democrats now have their backs against the wall. What are they going to say? No? Ladies and gentlemen, we just gave up half the battlefield. And rather than at least beginning this process by standing firm on the issues that matter to us, and make them make their proposal on how many people should get citizenship or legalization and so forth, we flop down 1.8 million amnesty. Which is a starting point for them now. It's a starting point for them. But don't worry, we're going to get $25 billion for the wall. No, we're not. Because an appropriation does not Force future Congresses to keep funding it. They can vote and say, uh, you know what? We've changed our mind, the next Congress. say, we are not spending 25000000000 we are not spending $25 billion. We're not spending $0.25. Cents. But thanks for the amnesty. Thanks for the amnesty. But, Mark, at least we'll get rid of chain migration. I don't know that we will, but let's say we do. You started with 1.8 million for amnesty. Why would you start with 1.8 million? Why would you start with people who never even applied for DACA? One million people over the seven to 800,000 who never even applied for it. Why would you do that? Because we're going to get a comprehensive, universal deal here. Even Obama didn't go beyond DACA and talk about 1.8 million for amnesty. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. I know what you're going to be told. I know what you're going to be told. The most brilliant act in humankind because the President of the United States did fill in the blank. And it's going to be spun that this is absolute genius. No, it's not. This is absolutely pathetic. I'll be right back.
0: love in.
1: We think of our buddy Daniel Horowitz over at Conservative Review, an expert on this and many subjects. Daniel, how are you, sir?
2: I'm doing all right. It looks like the real S hole here is the Schumer hole that America's becoming.
1: Well, let me ask you something. What do you make of all this?
2: You know, the biggest mistake everyone's going to make is read this piece of paper with Amelia Bedelia style literalism. And as you know in politics, you have to have the right mix of policy and politics when you look at the cause and effect of an issue, where it's coming from, where it's headed. And that's the main problem here. When you have two sides, typically side, one side wants A and doesn't want B, the other side wants B and doesn't want A, and then you have some sort of negotiation. Here, Trump and the Republicans have said up front they badly want DACA, and they, now they want Dreamers. They badly want to do it, but pretty pleased can you throw in some chain migration reform. Oh, and by the way, if we don't reach an agreement by March 5th, I might continue the illegal executive amnesty. We're done. They lost their leverage. So they're going to come back and say it has some good provisions, which it officially does. Democrats have no incentive to ever agree to that, and they're just going to pocket the $1.8 million concession, which is very significant, much more than just a number, and this is going to be a runaway train.
1: And even if they agree to some of this, Daniel, in the out years, they're not going to institute it. They're oh, not going to do it. They're not going to pass the appropriations to build a wall. Maybe they'll build a little bit of a wall, you know, to... But they're not going to a Potemkin village wall, if you will. But they're not going to build a wall like the like the president had been campaigning on.
2: Sure, I mean, the, the, first of all, the president promised to quote immediately end both amnesties, and one of the important things he said at the famous Phoenix rally on August 31st, 2016 was that anyone who tells you the core issue is the needs of those living here illegally has simply spent too much time in Washington. And that was really on message, that the main course was what you do for the American people. And conservatives have always said, since the '86 amnesty, we're never going to make the mistake again. And even if we'd ever do amnesty, we'd implement the enforcement first, make sure the executive is enacting it, make sure the courts aren't screwing with it, which they will. And then we could talk about what to do with those here. You do amnesty first, you're done, because as you said, we already had the Secure Fence Act in 2006. When Democrats took over Congress two years later, they actually went and gutted it in an, appropri- in an appropriation bill, which is why we only got 36.3 miles of the original 850-mile fence.
1: 850 mile double-edged fence, among other things, we get 36 miles, and they still haven't funded it. And that's uh, 11 and a half years later. Uh, and uh, 31 years, 32 years ago, Ronald Reagan granted amnesty to 2.3 million people uh, on the promise of securing the border. That's never been funded. You and I could go on and on and on about this. But don't worry. See, this time they're really going to fund it. Why do we make the same mistake? And the answer is, at least when it comes to Congress, it's not a mistake. It's a strategy.
2: It, it is. You would never do this if you really want a positive outcome. What, what they don't understand is if they want the good provision, provisions in the bill, the last way to get it is by advancing this as your first round of negotiations. One of the things that Trump said in, in the art of the deal, which was just really spot on, is the worst thing you can possibly do in a deal is seem desperate to make it. It makes the other guys smell blood, and then you're dead. And the problem is he violated that in two ways. Number one is he consistently accepts the premise about dreamers and this important population of people that absolutely must have status. And then yesterday, he said he's open to extending the deadline. He's done. There's no more leverage. There's no way Durbin and Schumer will agree to get rid of chain migration. Why should they? They know that Republicans and even Trump want amnesty as an end to itself even without the other concessions, so why would they ever agree to it?
1: And your point being that DACA runs out March 5th, that was just the president's decision, and the president has said he's going to extend it if necessary, so there's no deadline.
2: There there is no deadline there, And, and I think it's also important to note that there already was a compromise, and that was the House Committee Chairman Bill Goodlatte and McCall, and they had a dream list of conservative priorities, And then with the amnesty is it wasn't a path to citizenship. It was non-immigrant visas. But here's the key. It was limited to the 690,000 people that got the status. Now, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it, but that was a bright red line. If you had the status, you get it. If not, not. Right now, they're creating an open-ended entitlement of dreamers that you could be afforded the opportunity to present your case If you came here now, not just before 2007, but I guess closer to 2012, we're codifying no fault of their own, so to speak, into the Constitution, that that's that's a right. So what about the the people that came from Central America in 2014 as a result of DACA? What about the people coming now? And the courts are going to take a look at this. Here's another important point. We already – and we spoke about this last time. The courts are overturning black and white immigration laws. So certainly if you write into statute that an open-ended population could come and present themselves if they came here under 18, this is essentially going to grind all deportations to a halt because everyone will be afforded that opportunity to present their case.
1: And word will go out throughout the world. Just get into America. You really never have to worry about being deported as long as you behave yourself.
2: Exactly. And that's how we got DACA. That's how we got the 2014 uh, surge from Central America. And and let me tell you, I mean, these people are coming from the most impoverished countries. Isn't it funny how CBO was given a godlike status during the health care debate, even though they were giving us voodoo numbers how Obamacare was going to lower premiums and getting rid of it would raise premiums? CBO has a score on a very similar bill to Trump's immigration framework. And they said, and this is, I'm sure, a lowball estimate. It would cost 26 billion in Obamacare, Medicaid, food stamps, um, certainly refundable tax credits. What I don't understand is, what about the no fault of the American taxpayer? It, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's not their fault either. Shouldn't we?
1: Well, be- well, let me just say this: If you're a child of anyone who's committed crime, who goes to prison, it's not your fault, and yet you're without a mother or a father because they commit a crime. It's no fault of theirs. Maybe we should uh, empty our prisons. Uh, Daniel Horowitz, I'm going to carry over you at the bottom of the hour if you can stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Liberty's Voice. Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now.
1: 877-381-3811. You know, folks, I call him as I sin. As a conservative. I've been around a little while, too. i 60 years old. I've been promoting the ideas of liberty, the national security, and a nation state, and a constitutional republic, and all that, since I was 13, 14 years old. There are people who comment on TV and radio who have not, and that's perfectly fine. People who comment on TV and radio where they're into this cult of personality. I'm not into a cult of personality. I like the president very, very much. I love my wife. I love my parents. I love my kids and so forth. But it's not a cult thing. It is what it is. It's a matter of policy. And the reason you have principles is because the principles are rational. They're not abstractions. They're not theories. The left has principles too. And they're repugnant to me, and I assume they're repugnant to most of you. They do not operate in good faith. So why in the world would you put on the table more than 100% larger the number of individuals who would not get legalization, but citizenship? Why would you even start from that position? And I don't want to hear from anybody what kind of genius this is. Take that somewhere else to one of the other hosts. This isn't genius. It's a huge error. Huge. And the libs are going to seize on this. Now, I have a question from my guest, Daniel Horowitz, from Conservative Review. You're going to hear people say, yes, but if I can get chain migration eliminated, then it's worth it. Now, we talked about this, but I want to underscore this point. What do you say in response to that? Here's the
2: problem. We don't have the ability to press a magical button and achieve that outcome. The last way you're going to achieve that outcome is by putting forth this plan. Uh, The way you might possibly get such a compromise is if you batter Democrats into submission on this issue and make it very clear that DACA is not an imperative, much less an expansion of it. Uh, You know, If Trump would walk away from this would be one thing because Democrats, obviously, they will reject chain migration. Um, the problem is he's given all indications that he will not walk away from this. He's already shown that he's too desperate for it. And you know, well, hold on he, now. What are you going to say to people who said he
1: walked away from the Graham Durbin deal?
2: Sure. Well, I mean that's not something he offered. Um, you know, and and obviously that was you know something that he couldn't sell to the base because it included no elements on the other side, right. on the good side of things. This. I admit it certainly does have good elements, although I will just point out on the chain migration thing, unlike the House bill, it allows in all four million chain migrants who are currently on the visa waiting list. These are people mainly from the third world and from Pakistan, Bangladesh. I will tell you, just those four million alone will give the Democrats a permanent majority. Um, whereas the Goodlatte bill stops chain migration immediately. This bill allows the $4 million to go through and even accelerates it by reallocating the diversity visa lottery. It gets rid of it, but then it takes the 55000 visas visa. And puts them somewhere else. And it uses it in part for that visa waiting list of existing. Let's
1: stop. I want people to understand something. You'll get rid of the program, but not the 55000 immigrants.
2: And not only that, the House bill only uses it for high-skilled visas. This also reallocates some of those for the existing chain migrants.
1: So we have a situation here where the Republicans in the House proposed really a far better plan than Steve Miller and the White House in dealing with the Democrats in the Senate. That's pretty much what we're talking about, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it's, it's pretty remarkable. Again, I think you and I would, would say that we shouldn't have to agree to any form of amnesty in order to do right by American sovereignty, American security, American taxpayers. But nonetheless, that was the compromise, and it was supported by – it's sponsored by the two chairmen of the relevant committees with jurisdiction. It's, it's pretty rare that we get a good bill out of judiciary and homeland security. Um, why not accept the Goodlatte bill? That's the, that's the problem. If he's such a genius – Read Art of the Deal, and you start off with a tougher negotiation. You don't seem so desperate. Uh, And and I think, again, it's worth underscoring that there's a bright red line between the 690,000 that already got status. You could theoretically justify that. I'm not saying I agree by saying, look, Obama did this illegally, but they got the status. They put themselves forward. Once you open it up and then move the time frame – To be clear, part of why it's grown to $1.8 is because we're about four years after DACA, so they're extending the time frame, even if you came in four years later. Well, that gives the Democrats a perfect talking point. Are you going to sit and deport the people that came a year or two after that and are even younger and more innocent? And what about the parents?
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, and as you point out, you're giving up the language. You're giving up the principle. Uh, And now we have uh, no fault of your own. So we have no fault insurance. Now we have no fault immigration. That's what they're saying. No fault immigration. If it's not your fault you're here,
2: well, we'll make you a citizen. Exactly. That is the key point here. It's not a matter of rectifying a misunderstanding. When you expand it to a bigger population, you're in fact saying, and Trump has said this on Twitter a number of times, that... You agree that if you're brought here of no fault of your own, it's necessarily the fault of the American citizen as, as well, and they have to go pay for it, and you have the right to violate consent-based citizenship in the social compact. I know you, you've, you've spoken about that a lot, and that is what I call legal and political chain migration because think about it. If there's this much pressure among the political class to take a population that's 100% illegal and legalize them, once they're legal, there is no way that's not going to grow, and there's no way the 12-year path is not going to get truncated either by the courts or just politically.
1: I I am shocked at this. I am absolutely flabbergasted at what they did here To, to, to put this number out on the table as a starting point You know damn well they cannot commit future Congresses to the appropriation on the wall. And we don't even talk about Mexico paying for the wall anymore, but put that aside. Mexico is never going to pay for that wall. And then you say we're going to eliminate chain migration. I mean, if you're going to eliminate chain migration, you're going to have to be a tougher negotiator than this. You start at a very low number. You get up to your whatever, 70,0, 800,000. Then you could be talking about, um, uh, you know, getting them to buckle under chain migration here, but you've given them,
2: on the numbers side, more than they could ever have expected from Barack Obama. No, exactly. And and what's even worse is that they they expanded the time frame, so it's again, it's it's created this precedent and this premise that let's face it, all of the hundreds of thousands who came in in 2014 and are still coming from Central America, not even Mexico, they're also going to be entitled uh, as this thing drags on. All right, let's
1: slow down. Under current policy, it's 2007 and before. Is that correct? That's correct. And you're saying they've extended it.
2: I Into believe, future years. I, I'm not 100% sure of the date. I haven't seen it written anywhere. But they said the 1.8 million number has to do with the expanded time frame. I believe it's somewhere around two, 2011. So anyone who came here under 18 in 2011.
1: You know what, Daniel? I knew this would happen. I'm sure you did, too. I even said on the radio multiple times, I said, this 2007 is not going to hold. It's not, a, it's not a red line. Uh, they'll say there's nothing particularly magical about 2007, and they know. They know. You move the goalposts, all of a sudden you're talking about hundreds of thousands of more people being legalized in this country.
2: Exactly, and and think about this. While re- almost every Republican is agreeing to the premise, the parlance, the, the assumptions, the philosophy behind amnesty, not a single Democrat has conceded a single point on chain migration, and even Joe Manchin, who is regarded as the, the least liberal of all Senate Democrats, says that absolutely DAPA, meaning the parents and other relatives of the DAPA people, should be included.
1: Well, uh, I we'll, we will see how this plays out. And I would also say this to you and, and the nation out there. Often we're told that the president winds up in the right place. And the uh, Rockettes and the pom-pom dancers across the stage just take it for granted. That's not what happens. What happens is you need to be heard. We need to be heard. We need to make it clear this is not what we uh, we bought into and that we expect the President of the United States to take a harder position and we expect conservatives in Congress to hold the line. Uh, and then perhaps you'll see the President move back the pom pom boys and girls and the Rockettes in this business will go on and tell us how brilliant the White House was. It's not a matter of brilliance. It's a matter of, as before, pulling them back from lurching into the position they shouldn't have lurched in in the first place. Do you agree with me?
2: Oh, exactly. And I think, you know, you would remember from your experience with the Reagan administration, Reagan reveled in this. He loved when the base would push back because that gave him more leverage. He, he mm-hmm. would say to Tip O'Neill, look, you know, I'm going to be lynched by my base if I go any further, we would actually be strengthening his hand, assuming this is what he really wants to do, whereas if we just keep doing the rocket dance, uh, th- there's only one direction where this negotiation is going to head.
1: All right, my friend, I appreciate your time. Keep up the good work. We'll need it now more than ever. Take care. God bless. And you too. You know, this puts me and others <clears throat> who, who see this In a more difficult position, because for a lot of people out there, maybe a lot of you, you prefer to hear, you know, positive things all the time. I get it. I really do. But this is bigger than that. This this is the core issue, the primary issue the president ran on. Now, he we will watch the pages of the Wall Street Journal, which is a page for amnesty. We'll watch the others. We'll see how quickly they celebrate what the president has done. Or they say it's a great first step. And if only he'd go a little bit further and do this and that. We'll be monitoring all this. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce, that is the U.S. Chamber of Crony Capitalism, they have to be extremely pleased by this. Now, they may put on a frown in order to try and get more, but that's the point. This is amnesty. But look what we're getting in return. How? How? You can't spend $25 billion fast enough in order to get that wall built. You got all the environmental crap and you got you know, and you have private property, you have to purchase that. There's a lot you have to go through before you build a wall. This administration might be long gone, and this is what the Democrats do. They slow walk this stuff. And they've done it with every single Republican president, every single one. But Trump's different. Apparently not. Apparently not. Not with this proposal. I'll be right back.
0: Much in.
1: So the have uh, seen the pretend conservatives come out and say, what do you want, perfection? I mean, the numbers in the Senate, I mean, what do you want, perfection? Nobody wants perfection. There is no perfection. Not as long as they're human beings and human institutions. That's a diversion. Well, we only have so many people in the Senate. That's exactly why what the president did was a mistake. What Stephen Miller did was a mistake. You gave them numbers they never even dreamed of. Right up front, 1.8 million. Now we'll see how this plays out. But we need some realistic analysis. Serious people with substance talking about this. Not those who kick up their feet on their desk or on their chair and just tell us how brilliant everybody is. You want intellectual honesty. You want intellectual integrity. You want to know what all this means. You, you're busy working every day. You're busy with your kids. You're busy with your job. Whatever it is. What does this mean? It means we've gone from seven to 800,000 people under DACA to 1.8 million dreamers on a pathway to citizenship that the president says 10 to 12 years, but he can't control 10 to 12 years. He won't be at the president for 10 to 12 years. And there'll be a lot of pressure to make it sooner. Moreover, they're moving the goalposts. So they're going to have more and more people that are that are affected. Not who came here from 2007 and before, but beyond. Beyond. As for we're going to put $25 billion on a border wall, if I'm the Democrats, I take that in two seconds. Now why do I do that? Because we're not going to give them that money down the road. Sure, we'll nod and blink and say Yes. We did it in 2006. We did it in Reagan in 1986. Yes, we know how to do that. And that's what they'll do. Well, what about chain migration? If you want to get rid of chain migration, they'll probably throw something in there, the Democrats, but probably not get rid of it. But if you want to get rid of chain migration, you don't start with 1.8 million people because you're not going to wind up there. Now, That's not the analysis that you're going to hear from most people. They're going to be fed talking points. They're going to be fed talking points. And that's what you're going to hear. I'm doing this right off the cuff. Just got the information. Just went through it. And I'm not going to be spun. Not by anybody. Not for any reason. The country comes first. And we need to help our president. Our president who's being pressured to do these sorts of things and pressure him to pull back. Make your deal, but this is not a good idea. I want to talk to you about a brand new sponsor, and I'm very excited about this sponsor, My ID Care. So good is this sponsor that we had a long chat, I met these folks, that I decided that this was the ID Care company that I wanted personally and that I want for you. So I want to talk to you for a minute about something you really need to pay attention to because it affects you and your family. Tax fraud. Because tax time is here. It's expected to be especially bad this year due to that awful Equifax breach that compromised the personal information for half of American adults. Now, with how clever the cyber crooks are these days, you need a different kind of identity protection someone who works with you personally and takes care of you and your family personally providing best in class service so i'm very proud to partner with our new sponsor my id care this is a company that has been taking care of fortune 500 companies for years for years big companies that need the top type of protection my id care recognizes that individuals also need stellar protection so they're now for the first time offering their services directly to consumers like you and me for less than 10 bucks a month. My ID Care covers the nine types of identity theft that they have years of experience with tax fraud, but also difficult cases like medical or insurance identity theft too. Now you, my listeners, you can also get 15% off at my slash mark so let my ID care take care of you, because they now take care of me and my family. MyIDCare.com slash mark, in a promo code mark. That's MyIDCare.com slash mark, in a promo code mark. This is, I think, the most efficient, the most competent, really the most powerful ID protection company. And as I say, they've been working with major international corporations for many, many years, and now they're offering their services to you and me. So I think you should take maximum advantage of it. MyIDCare.com slash Mark. Enter promo code Mark, so you can get your 15% off. All right, Mr. Producer, give me somebody. I didn't hear you. Brian, the great WLS Chicago, Go. Hello, Mr. Levin. Yes, sir.
4: I am an ardent Trump supporter, but I am absolutely irate at listening to you today. What happened with the
5: wall? Well, i
1: they say you're going to get your wall, and I'm telling you the appropriation process doesn't work that way.
5: Yeah,
4: I'm absolutely beside myself. I think if this goes through, he is going to lose the house, be impeached, and will never win another federal election
1: in our lifetime. Well, make sure you listen to some of the shows tomorrow. They'll tell you why this is a spectacular, brilliant achievement. I'll be back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here.
0: He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin.
1: Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We're gonna get into these new text messages a little later too, but this is a big issue that affects us all in a very significant way. Uh, and we're gonna have to watch more, you know, more than one ball at a time here. We're quite capable of, uh, walking and chewing gum at the same time. You, the smartest audience of all audiences. But I want to remind you of something, why this issue is so important. I've talked many times about former Colorado Governor Dick Lamb, a liberal Democrat, and the speech he made on October 18, 2003, which we were lucky enough to uncover. And I want to remind you of what he said 14 and a half years ago and how prescient he is and was. Hat tip to our friends at FAIR. Cut 13, go.
6: I would like to share with you my plan to destroy America. If you think, and some do, that America is too smug, too rich, too self-satisfied, not diverse enough, too white-bred, I have this plan. Toynbee, you know, said that all great nations rise and they all fall. And he said, and the autopsy of history is all great nations commit suicide. So here's my plan, eight parts. Number one, I'd make it a bilingual, bicultural country. History shows us. But no bilingual, bicultural country lives at peace with itself. There's not one, I believe, that doesn't exist with an incredible amount of tension and conflict, if not civil war. My second part of my plan would be to invent something called multiculturalism. This would be two parts. Number one, I would say that all cultures are created equal. It would make no difference and make it impossible to talk about such things as culture. And the second one is that I would really try very hard to make people continue their cultural identity, I would replace the melting pot with the salad bowl. My third part of my plan would be to make the fastest growing demographic group in that country the least educated. I would add a second underclass to the first underclass, unassimilated, undereducated, antagonistic, and then I'd have 50% of them drop out of school, not graduate from high school. The fourth part of my plan would be to get the big foundations to fund and big business to fund these efforts with lots of money. I would invest in ethnic identity and uh, victimology. I would get them to think about their lack of success was only the fault of the majority. I would start a grievance industry. The fifth part of my plan is I would develop dual citizenship. I would promise people actually divided loyalties, allow them to allow both for both, for both Vincente Fox and George Bush. The sixth part of this is important. I would place all of these subjects off limits. I would make it taboo to talk about, actually, or criticize this whole thing. I would make it uh, come up with a word like heretic used to be 200 years ago, let's say we call it racist, and I would try to accuse anybody of this that would object to my ideas. My seventh part then, I would make it impossible to enforce our immigration laws. I would develop a mantra, let's call it this, that uh, because immigration has been good in the past for America, it will continue to be uh, good in the future. My eighth and last part, and it's important, is I would censor this book. This man is dangerous. He's on to my plan. It's
1: called Mexifornia. Don't read this book. Yeah. Victor Davis Hanson's book. Uh, spot on, wouldn't you say? I would say. A liberal Democrat, former governor of Colorado. You don't even hear Republicans talking like this, let alone Democrats. You don't even hear the White House talking like this anymore. Instead, what you'll hear throughout the day tomorrow is that this is absolutely stunningly brilliant. That we've got the Democrats exactly where we want them. And we're going to get our chain migration taken care of and the lottery. These are the talking points that are already being spread. Um But you're starting at 1.8 million, you're adding 1 million people to the DACA numbers. 1 million people who didn't sign up for DACA for one reason or another. And so the Democrats will pocket that 1.8 million and they're going to go for the, uh, you know, they're going to go for the bleachers. But we'll be told how brilliant this is. This line, as I said the first hour, No fault of theirs, no fault of their own, no fault of their own. We have no fault insurance, now we have no fault immigration. We actually have Republicans and conservatives talking like leftists now. The issue isn't whether... Look, look, the focus isn't on the immigrant. The focus is on the American citizen. This is a country of citizens. It is not a country of immigrants unless those immigrants have become citizens. It's a country of citizens. The citizens are in charge, supposedly. It's what's best for the citizenry, not what's best for the immigrant, the would-be immigrant, the illegal immigrant. No fault of their own. Well, it's no fault of ours either. It's no fault of the American citizen. And the other thing that is really perplexing to me, weren't we lectured two weeks ago that all societies are the same, that all cultures are the same, that if you don't believe it, you're a racist? When you point out that the third world is actually the third world, not the developed world, where there's poverty and crime and cronyism and their governments and so forth, you're said to be a racist. Well, if all societies and cultures are alike, as I keep saying, then why does it matter if we deport people back from where they were born? Particularly when we're told by the very same people in the media and the Democrat Party and elsewhere, academia, That this country is lousy. That it's a country of white privilege. Of economic inequality. So many failures, I can't even name them. We have to turn to Bernie Sanders. So we're a horrible failing society, while the third world is a magnificent, you know, positive society. And yet people vote with their feet. And it doesn't appear to be that way, does it? But it's important to point this out. It's important to point this out. As the ex-Governor Lamb said, we need to be able to talk about these things. They don't want us to talk about it. They'll call us racists. It has nothing to do with race. Terrible. I'm curious to know what you think. Benny, Tampa, Florida on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Benny?
7: Mark, uh, Mr. Levin, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Thank uh, you. I, call, I told you to call, Serena, I am furious, Mark. I am really furious. And one of the reasons why I'm going to just make four points, I know you got uh, a lot of callers and everything, and I'm going to just say my four points and hang up and hear what you have to say. On January the 20th, the president specifically mentioned that on that day, power will be transferred from Washington and back to the people. And I don't see that in this decision. Another thing that I remember that he said, and he made it on a video, you can hear the speech and everything. And he he previously said that we are being led by very, very, very stupid people. And I like the president and a lot of the things that he's done. I really, I, you know, like it was a mixed bag on the tax cut or whatever. But he said that we were led by stupid people. And when it comes to this immigration thing, I think it's very stupid. And Mark, one of the other things that I never hear him say, you know, like he never has argued the point when it came to immigration and DACA. He never argued it from the point of the people. If I was him, I would have been going up there and telling every member in the Congress and the Senate, this is what the American people want. This is what they want and this is what they're going to get. And it's not able to, and I won't compromise on it. And then Mark also, when I look at this, We already have a lot of these illegal people here, all right, and he's done a good thing, you know, as far as, like, with the economy. Look at the employment. It's low. All right, so now we already have the illegals here, and from a basic economic standpoint, you're looking at supply and demand. So we have low employment now. So these illegals here that are already here, you know, they've already taken some jobs. Well, what about what when they happen to bring in all of their, you know, like their wives and their children or whatever? What's going to happen to the unemployment rate then? It's going to actually go up. And so it's not just about the people coming over here, but you have to look at the overall picture and the economics as well. And mm-hmm. one of the other things that you always pushing and everything, uh, I'm currently involved in the Convention of States, not as much as I should be, but I'm I'm beginning to be more active. People, the only way that we're going to save our country is by God and being involved in the Convention of States. We need a convention of states in order to save our country because it seems like even with this president, he's not going to be able to save this country. It is up to us, the people, and we need an Article 5 convention of states. And that's all I have to say, Mark.
1: Well, you're very articulate, it's a wonderful call that we led with Benny, and I want to thank you for that. Appreciate it. Let's go to Robert, Somerset, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite. How are you?
8: Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call, Mark. Um, mm-hmm. I um, uh, I am myself a uh, an immigrant, uh, legal immigrant. I've been through the process, mm-hmm. and I can't believe what I'm hearing that they're going to give away. Uh, Trump wants to give away citizenship to illegal immigrants. I mean, what? I don't think the American people really understands what you have to go through as a legal immigrant to become a citizen to earn it the right way. It is a process where you you spend years and years. There you go through the bureaucracy. You can, I mean, you have a comma wrong on a form. They will put you right back at the end of the line again. The, I'm not kidding. I, I I have lost track of the tens of thousands of dollars that I've spent on legal fees, gov- fees for government, the government. Um, forfeited income because I had to wait for a, a visa transition I mean I could go on and on and on and on about that but I did it because that was the way that well, America well but, but
1: it was no fault of your own and we have no fault of immigration though
8: no. right
1: you should I, you should have gotten right to the front of the line
8: I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, and and the day I took my, took my oath as citizen was one of the proudest days in my life. I earned it, uh, mm-hmm. and when and when I did, I felt proud of that. By giving it away. Let me ask to, you a
1: question. We hear all this talk about merit-based immigration. So why would they throw in another million immigrants who didn't even sign up for DACA? They didn't even have enough interest, or their backgrounds wouldn't allow them to sign up for DACA. So now it's up to $1.8 million. Is that merit-based?
8: Of course not. Merit-based of course immigration, not. Merit-based immigration is is the only form of immigration that makes any sense. Because you have to, uh, like me, I had to prove that I was worthy of becoming a U.S. citizen at the end of the day. Right. And damn it, I'm, pr- I'm f- part of my language, but I'm, pr- I'm so proud of it. And mm-hmm. thank you for bringing this up. Thank you for bringing this out. Uh, I know there are many, many others like me who are not happy today. So uh, that's all, all right. I wanted to say. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for your call. Excellent call. It's a man who is an immigrant who's now a citizen. He did it the right way. Frank, San Francisco, California, the great KSFO, a police officer. How are you, sir? Hey,
4: thank you, Mark. I, um, you know, this whole thing, I, I have 30 years of law enforcement and uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And, you you know, Mark, I'm really irritated by this whole thing. The Democrats are backed into a corner. We should not let them out of a corner. And um, I just want to make a couple quick points. The whole Mm. thing is 20 years ago, remember, Mark, California was still a Republican state. Mm. What the Democrats want to do to to the rest of the nation is what they've done here to California.
1: I could not agree more.
4: The next point, I'd like to say, is American people are totally behind the whole plan of, uh, e-verify, uh, ending chain migration, the lottery, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that, that needs to go. Mm-hmm. Border security. <clears throat> so, President Trump is in a position of strength. He should be negotiating from a position of strength. And I'm gonna make a suggestion that, that this is my own suggestion. You know, mm-hmm. maybe somebody that's gonna hear it, maybe somebody could do something with it, but my belief is what President Trump should be doing is actually stating, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do the DACA, let the DACA people get their their citizenship eventually. But there will be no DACA person receiving the citizenship if they come from a sanctuary state or a sanctuary city. Let's go by a a position of strength so that we go ahead and call out those sanctuary uh,
1: cities and states. Now, that's really, really interesting, but you know what a liberal judge is going to do with that. They'll say, well... Uh, these are similar people in a similar position. They have no control of the city they're in or the state they're in, and therefore that's unconstitutional. But I like the way you think. I mean, my point is they upped the number from seven or 800,000 to 1.8 million, and they've got nothing for it, absolutely nothing for it. They say they're going to get these other things for it. Uh, I guarantee you the Democrats are going to want a hell of a lot more, and they're going to give Trump a hell of a lot less and don't tell me we got 25 billion dollars for the wall when you and I both know that's not how the appropriation process works. They have to uh, commit to funding every year and they can withdraw funding in other years. So, uh that's just not uh that's not that's just not the way as a practical matter that it works. All right, Frank, be safe out there. Thanks for your call. We'll be right back.
0: Much love,
1: A serious satellite
9: go. Uh, Hi, Mark. It's a pleasure to speak to you tonight. And uh, I just want to say respectfully, what you are uh, for the American society is someone that brings the truth that some people don't want to hear. But I'm glad that you're here to give it. Um, Respectfully, I can't disagree (laughs) with you enough on this issue. Um, In Stephen Miller, I trust, and in Donald Trump, I trust. The fact is that we are. See, getting- see,
1: stop right there. Stop right there. That's not how I work. That's not how my mind works. It's well, not a matter of trust or distrust. It's a disagreement. Oh, I know. And this is worried. hold on now. And this is a big problem because if you just say Donald trust I uh, Donald Trump I trust, Steve Miller I trust, then just stop talking.
9: Well, let me say why.
1: Yeah, why. So
9: why? Because we are getting things in this bill that we have not gotten in any other... There's no
1: bill, sir. This is a proposal. We haven't gotten in anything. This
9: proposal that we never got before. An end to chain migration. End no,
1: chain. no, we don't have an end to chain migration. In this this is a... nego Sir, there's no bill. There is a negotiation. The president has said he wants to end chain migration. The president said he wants to end the lottery program, which we exposed here first. The president said these things. The question is, how do you get these things? You get President them. also said, "Listen to me, Lance." President also said, "Mexicans paying for the wall is Mexico paying for the wall, Lance?" Well, no. No, no. no but you trusted that. What I'm saying but is, I, it's up to us, a responsible citizenry, to be heard. It's not a matter of trust; it's a matter of engagement. And if we're going to get chain migration eliminated or effectively reduced, if we're going to get rid of this uh, this uh, lottery visa, which I actually think we have a shot at doing, then when you negotiate, you don't hand them much of what they want right up front. It becomes much much harder, and it'll it be people, it'll be other people out here who are listening, who raise objections to this, who will move the president back in the position where I believe he needs to go.
9: Result that will save America. What's that? This is the proposal that will
1: save... All right, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return.
0: The Constitution Man. Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811.
1: It's already playing out exactly as I've talked about here. Uh, you've got a uh, a former Bush official, a Republican, saying that the president is showing leadership. He's going to tick off his base here, but he's showing leadership. Look how far he's willing to go. And the Democrat on there is saying, "Hey, look, this 1.8 million is good. The rest of it stinks." So, supporting amnesty for $1.8 And remember, DACA is not about amnesty. It's temporary status. The debate was about legalization. Even if you're legalized, you're not a citizen. So the president jumped over that. He said, look, forget about legalization. We're going to go to citizenship in 10 to 12 years. Well, he can't control that. If he's not in office ten to twelve years. And then he more than doubled the number. From seven or eight hundred thousand to one point eight million. And but don't worry, because now they'll have to give in on chain migration. They'll have to give in on the lottery. They'll have to give in No, they're not. And no, they don't. So our starting point wasn't legalization of seven or eight hundred thousand. It's amnesty for 1.8 million. Citizenship. And now i got to hear these Bush guys on TV telling us this is great leadership. This is leadership. He put himself out on the line. This is what he did. He wants a deal. And now he also says it's political genius too. I'm paraphrasing because now the Democrats look bad. Listen, folks, it's not about the Democrats looking bad. It's about getting control of the damn country. I don't know why he took this path. People persuaded him, I suppose. He has a big heart. He's told us the issue here is love. And, you know, so the Democrat, whoa, 1.8 million, that's good, but the rest of it's bad, and we need to fight that. and no, no, no the republican no 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 this is leadership so amnesty now for 1.8 million citizenship not legalization for 7 or 800,000 that's what was on the table they're already throwing goodies out there to try and persuade the democrats to come over the democrat base they always talk about the right wing irresponsible racist base of the republican party it's so disgusting but it is the left wing base of the democrat party that's the tail that wags the dog not just for the Democrat Party, but for the entire country, for the media, for our colleges and universities, for Hollywood. I'm hoping you will join me and politely and responsibly tell the President of the United States, pull back. We support you. We do not want to sabotage you. We're the backbone of the conservative movement, and it is the conservatives who are going to make a difference here there is no nationalist populist movement the rhinos don't give a damn Don't ball, they'll be all excited about amnesty they already are i'm in you know just just uh I, I i you know i'm i'm really i'm i'm really kind of shocked by this quite frankly uh but i'd be curious to know what you think You know, we're off to a fast start in 2018 over at Conservative Review TV. We're already in the midst of this battle on immigration and DACA and, of course, President Trump's ongoing feud with the fake media. And if you've turned on Levin TV recently, we did a show that's been getting some great feedback from fans on the new tax bill, on the silent coup, and, yes, on immigration. On immigration. Everybody wants to know the truth about these subjects. Everybody wants to know how it affects America, our families, individuals, and that's what we try to do. That's what I try to do on Levin TV. Now, if you haven't signed up for CRTV yet, you can do a free seven-day trial, free seven-day trial, and check out this important episode, all of our important episodes. And you probably already heard, but CRTV is coming back bigger and better in the new year. We're adding new shows from hosts like Andrew Wilkow and Ali Stuckey. We got my buddy Steve Crowder, my, my wonderful friend Michelle Malkin and many more. Plus the price is less than eight bucks a month when you use promo code Levin. And that's the key. Go to crtv.com, use promo code L E V I N and sign up for a free seven day trial right now or give us a call at 844 Levin TV and we'll get you set up right away. We'll make it. As smooth as ice for you. That's 844-LEVIN-TV. Robert, Ashburn, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go.
10: Good evening, Mark. Uh, that last caller, I just could not believe. Uh, almost giving 2 million illegal aliens amnesty? This is going to save America?
8: And by the aliens? way, when
1: they become citizens, Robert... We already we already know <clears throat> this chain migration stuff will probably be grandfathered in. We'll see how this goes. I don't think it's going to go well. Go ahead.
8: No, no. I mean, this is uh, it, just, it. Just blows my mind that Trump is even making this decision. I mean, he's got to know better. I mean, these are illegal aliens. He's going to give maybe close to two million of them, $2 million of them amnesty, and then on the on the pamphlet of citizenship, this is not going to save our country. He's got to, he's got to build that wall. Secure our borders, and then we can,
10: you know, deal with the multiple uh, you know, illegals. But, but why didn't,
1: didn't he go that? with the why didn't he go with the House proposal, which is much better than this? They say, look, here's the whole deal. They have a comprehensive deal, which is uh, physical barriers and technology on the southern border, wall included, elimination of chain migration, elimination of this lottery, and so forth. Uh, and uh and then they say, okay, these seven or eight hundred thousand people, we'll legalize them. They don't even talk about a pathway for citizenship. Why didn't he just pick that one off the shelf and go with that?
10: I I I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It would have been. I mean, that would have been a start.
1: I mean, the House supported it, right? So he yeah. needed to work on the Senate.
10: Uh, I don't know. What what, what he's doing just. Uh, I mean, it just blows my mind. I mean, I, I voted for him, but. When I have disagreements with them, I, I will, you know, I, I've got to voice
1: them. Well, you're not allowed to, you see. You're not, you're not allowed to. And, and I, I, and trust me on this, you're going to hear most of these guys tomorrow going off about the, the genius that's in place here. Thank you for your call, my friend. Now, here's Bloomberg News. Ted Cruz blasts citizenship path for dreamers suggested by Trump. He doesn't name them by name. Senator Ted Cruz blasted the idea of giving young undocumented immigrants a path to citizenship a day after President Donald Trump said he was open to the idea as part of the immigration legislation being negotiated in Congress. Cruz said, I do not believe we should be granting a path to citizenship to anybody here illegally. Doing so is inconsistent with the promises we made to the men and women who elected us. Cruz did not mention the president in his remarks, but they resurfaced some of the bitterness still left over from the presidential campaign. No, they don't. This was the same position as the president. On Wednesday, with negotiations on immigration legislation in Congress moving slowly, Trump indicated he was willing to be flexible. See, these are the two. Now the liberals and the rhinos are going to heap praise on this. This is leadership. The pom-pom boys and girls, this is genius. Nobody's this smart. The Democrats are backed up. So they're going to play... Politics. Oh, the Democrat! they have nowhere to go. They're going to be backed up. They're going to be in the corner. And the next time, we'll really do it. You can imagine all the arguments. Cruz said that President Barack Obama's 2012 creation of the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, or DACA, which included temporary work permits and deportation relief for young people that met certain criteria, didn't provide a path to citizenship. His point, which is my point, where did this path to citizenship come from? That's not even in DACA. Even if you extend DACA, even if you give them permanent legal status, that's not citizenship. Where the hell did that come from? In exchange for what? Well, you know, they we're going to get rid of chain migration. Well, we haven't gotten rid of it. They haven't agreed to that. But you've already agreed to citizenship. That's my point. Cruz said, for some reason, That to me, that is path to citizenship, is utterly inexplicable. We see Republicans falling all over themselves to gallop to the left of Obama in a way that is contrary to the promises made to the voters who elected us. He's so right about this. Obama did not put these people on a pathway to citizenship. Cruz said, we need to honor the promises we made, and that is what I am energetically urging my colleagues to do. Well, there you have it. There you have it. Take a couple more calls here. Let's go to Jerry, Coeur Idaho, on the Mark Levin app. Go.
11: Hi, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, okay. I'm really fit to be tied on this, uh, uh, this thing, and I'm calling my, uh, congressman in the White House, uh, tomorrow or tonight to get, you know, mention my concern about it. I am, uh, I think most conservatives are willing to let people who are illegals that have served in the military or have a high degree and could contribute to the United States a, uh, an opportunity to become citizenships and stay. But I don't understand why we never hear the government come up with a program that will incentivize uh, people in Dhaka and otherwise, to go back to their their country of citizenship and self-deport and then take care of their needs for a period of time uh, while they find a job and get acclimated and so on, uh, and then maybe even give them a path back into the country for some reason or in ways. And then for those who don't, they get deported and they never come back. I don't understand why... Well, I don't know
1: that we can track people that easily, coming and going and coming and going, but it is something worth thinking about. I want to thank you for your call, my friend. Well, Tom Cotton thinks this is a pretty good idea, and so I'm gravely disappointed in that. As a matter of fact, this may have been Tom Cotton's idea. Eric Erickson thinks it's a great idea. See, people will line up differently. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me. You and I, we think for uh, ourselves. This isn't a matter of a a social event where we we see who lines up which way and which side do we join. That's not what we're doing here. Tom Cotton thinks it's a great plan. Well, wrong on Tom Cotton. President's immigration plan is outlined by the White House as entirely reasonable and responsible and supportable, says Eric Erickson, who's a friend of mine. Well, it's not supportable to me. And I think it's a very bad idea, and I think right out of the gate it was a huge mistake to offer citizenship to 1.8 million people. As I say, Obama didn't even do that. But look what we got in return. We didn't get anything in return. Is there a single Democrat tonight, other than one or two running in red states, who said, you know what, we're in. Yes, let's eliminate chain migration. They're not going to take this so easily. It's not going to happen so easily. Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, by the way, love it. They think it's great. Over at Right Scoop, Mitch McConnell, and Paul Ryan love Trump's amnesty plan. In the this should shock no one folder of the news, GOP leadership loves Trump's amnesty plan. McConnell, Hatch, and Lankford quickly praised the Trump immigration plan. Paul Ryan spokesman uh, Michael Rickey. On Trump's immigration remark, quote, we're grateful for the president showing leadership on this issue. So the word's gone out. Call it leadership. And believe his ideas will help us ultimately reach a balanced solution. So what's happening is the rhinos and the swamp are rallying around this. The ex-Bush staffers are on TV. They're rallying around this. This is exactly what I feared. Here we go. Here we go. Capitulation is not leadership. Capitulation is not leadership. Washington wants amnesty, and it looks like Washington's going to get another amnesty. Looks like it. Why in the world do we have to give citizenship to 1.8 million people when that wasn't even on the table? DACA was on the table. Seven to eight hundred thousand people and whether or not they're legalized, not citizens. Why in the world did we go there? Maggie, Vernal, Utah on the Mark Levin app. Go.
12: Hi, Mark. Uh, thank you for taking my call. You know, um, this whole immigration thing, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fraud. It's a, it's, we've been hoodwinked again. And we all fell for it. And I'm going to tell you, I moved away from California two years ago because I was overrun, completely overrun by illegal aliens. And you know what? They took, they did take jobs from us. I tried over and over again to get a job in, in the medical field, mind you, in a doctor's office. But I had to be very fluent in Spanish, and and I am. I'm I'm I, I'm Hispanic.
1: All right, but- my my call. My my producer saying I got to get out. Maggie, I apologize. I got to run. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back.
0: Much love in.
1: In 1925, an ounce of gold was worth 20 bucks. Buy you two suits and a shirt. Times have changed since then, haven't they? We no longer carry a gold coin in our pocket as money. The government made us exchange that a long time ago for a $20 bill. PM Capital is in the wealth preservation business. Keeping your buying power is their goal. Investors know it's not what you have, it's what you keep. So today, if I want to buy two suits and a shirt, use the twenty-dollar bill, which I had received from my gold coin, say in 1925, it might buy a pair of socks. But if I had my one-ounce gold coin, it would still buy two suits and a shirt. That's calling. That's called preserving your buying power. Don't you want to keep what you have? Learn more by claiming your free PM Capital Investor Guide. And for a limited time, receive $500 in free gold or silver on qualifying purchases. That's a great deal. All you have to do is call them. And I have a special number for you. Dial pound 250, pound 250, and then say the keyword Mark Levin. That's pound 250, keyword Mark Levin. Dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin. Their specialists are standing by right now. And they're wonderful professionals, and they'll walk you right through the entire process. But for limited time, receive the $500 in free gold or silver on qualifying purchases. So I want to encourage you to do it. It's a wonderful organization, a new sponsor. Uh, I know uh, one of the principals involved here, Scott Carter. He is a real decent stand-up man with integrity. That's PM Capital, pound 250, keyword Mark Levin. And then you'll be right back. Who do we have, Mr. Producer? Sirius Satellite Rich in Missouri quickly go Yeah Mark uh, this amnesty thing is a really
7: bad idea and uh, I guarantee you that if it goes through uh, my lawyer will be using it if I run a foul of the feds but, What's that? and how You're what? my my lawyer will be using amnesty if I ever run a foul of the feds However mm-hmm. the number 2 most important point in negotiations is being willing and able to walk away and if anybody is both willing and able is Trump
1: Now, Now, let me tell you, if he walks away, like last time, when the cheerleaders were cheerleading, if he walks away, it'll be due to you folks in my audience. Because you're raising objections 9 to 1, 10 to 1 right now. That will have that effect, not the pom-pom boys and girls. I'll be right back.
0: From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin.
1: Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 381 381 We'll stick on this issue, but I'd like to add another one. Uh, more texts have been made public and they are consequential. And you can tell real media outlets from phony media outlets. The phony media outlets not only downplay what's taking place at the FBI and the Department of Justice and with the special counsel, but now they're spinning conspiracy theories about how the Russians are persuading you and me uh, to interfere with the investigations, and to trash the FBI. So there you have it with the crazy-ass liberal media out there, and that's what it is. Fox News, FBI officials worried about being too tough on Hillary Clinton during email investigation text show. You callers can hang in there if you want. We're going to get back to this immigration as well, but I wanted to add this because it's quite important. FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were concerned about being too tough on Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton during the Bureau's investigation into her email practices because she might hold it against them as president, text messages released on Thursday indicated. And the schmo Robert Mueller is still investigating the president. Uh, let's see, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley released new messages between Bureau officials Page and Strzok who were having an affair and exchanged more than 50,000 texts with each other during the election. I don't think I've written 50,000 texts in my entire life. Have you, Mr. Producer? I don't think I've written and read 50,000 texts in my entire life. One more thing. She might be our next president, page-texted stroke on February 25, 2016, in the midst of the presidential campaign in reference to Hillary Clinton. Quote, the last thing you need is going in there loaded for bear, she continued. You think she's going to remember or care that it was more DOJ than FBI? So here she is telling her lover, who's the top counterintelligence investigator for the FBI and on this case, to take it easy. Now, Mr. Muller, there's your obstruction of justice. Stroke replied that he agreed, quote-unquote, and he had relayed their discussion with someone named Bill. Someone named Bill. Stroke not only worked on the Clinton case, but was assigned to the special counsel's probe into Russia and in the Trump campaign after a number of anti-Trump texts were discovered on his phone. Page also briefly worked on the special counsel investigation. Grassley said today in a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray that the exchange, among others, concerned him. He wrote the text messages that were provided raised serious concerns about the impartiality of senior leadership running both the Clinton and Trump investigations. You know, if the shoe were on the other foot, the Democrats would be going nuts and the media would be going nuts and heads would roll. Heads would roll. During the campaign, the FBI investigated Clinton's use of private email server while she was Secretary of State. Then-FBI Director James Comey decided against recommending prosecution, but faulted Clinton and uh, and her associates for being extremely careless with classified information. Of course, what's not mentioned here is two months before he even spoke to her, interviewed her. Uh, he was already exonerating her. So so Comey is a crony. He's a uh, a complete fraud. But what do you make of this now, folks? Now, in an October 28, 2016 text exchange, Page told Stroke, then-FBI Chief of Staff James Rybicki thought McCabe should not have participated in the probe. You see, because his wife ran for the state Senate, as you know, in Virginia, received over half a million dollars in support from Hillary's bagman, the former governor of uh, Virginia, Terry McAuliffe. Rybicki right, just called to check in. Page wrote. He very clearly 100% believes that Andy, that's the deputy director McCabe, should be recused because of the perception. God, Stroke replied, meaning he disagreed with her. I'm sh- uh, with him. I'm sure. Asked by Page why McCabe should be recused now, if not before, Stroke said, I assume McAuliffe picked up. McCabe eventually recused himself from the Clinton probe one week before the election. Grassley asked Ray, the FBI director, in his letter, if McCabe eventually recused himself one week before the election, why did he not do so sooner? Of course. It doesn't get much sleazier than this, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't get much sleazier than this. It's really quite appalling, and this is new news, this is new information. New information. Here's another piece on the immigration front. You want to hear it, or should we just cheerlead here? Washington Examiner, illegal immigration numbers, MS-13 exploding, 1,100 border arrests a day, 1 million on deport list. The White House is stealing for battle with Democrats and moderate Republicans over immigration reform, raising new concerns that the illegal population is out of control and violent. On average, DHS apprehends over 1,100 people a day crossing the border illegally, with December making the eighth month in a row of an increase in apprehensions at the border. On January 14th, DHS saw the highest number of apprehensions in a year, 1,400 DHS refuses entry to seven known or suspected terrorists every day. Seven known or suspected terrorists. Fifty every week. Two thousand five hundred every year. Known or suspected terrorists. 622% increase in family units detained at the border since April. Most will be released after no more than 20 days. Officials apprehend 8,000 family members in December alone. 306% increase in unaccompanied alien children detained at the border since April because they hear amnesty. So they're sending their children across the border. Now who's irresponsible there, ladies and gentlemen? A mother or a father that sends their child across the border into a foreign country and then we're told it's no fault of their own so those outrageous children irresponsible parents are then free to come into the country with their child at some point we're not breaking up families these families are breaking up families this is appalling that it's on you and me the american citizen we have nothing to do with this we had nothing to do with this these people are voluntarily doing it to themselves it's not us up to us to put these families back together again it's up to us to enforce the law so why do we all sound like and act like amnesty pro liberals anymore? Maybe I'm just one guy with a microphone. Maybe, maybe I'm the only guy, talk radio, only guy on TV, only guy who thinks this way. I mean, I must be. I must be it. I'm the last one. Daryl, Conway, South Carolina, the great WRNN, go.
10: Yes, sir. Great great to be talking to you. Uh, I am upset about the amnesty issue because uh, it's just not right. It's not right to the citizens that have done it legally and come from other countries. It's not right to people like me that were born in this country. I've been working in the construction industry since I so was 17, 46, almost 30 years. I've been paying my taxes, working hard, busting my butt to try to get to upper middle class. What's,
1: what's happening to your industry, the construction industry, with all this illegal immigration?
10: It's, it's horrible. Uh, it's it's killing really, it. You know, it's killing it. It's because I just com- completed a project that was a healthcare project, and I didn't do actual numbers, but I would be willing to bet you it, it's low estimate would be 70 to 80 percent of the workforce that come in was all uh, illegal immigrants. There's Let no me ask you this
1: Are they doing jobs Americans won't do, or are they getting paid uh, in ways uh, that Americans aren't being hired?
10: They're getting paid in ways that Americans would not be hired because what exactly. happens is we give contracts to legal companies and then they turn around and just give them 1090 forms and pay these guys, you know, as they say, under the table to, and they expect them to file their own taxes and we all know they're not doing that. So it's How come
1: a- we didn't hear anything about e-verify in any of these discussions yet?
10: That's because they don't enforce it. I mean, it's because they're getting away with it. These companies don't do it because they're giving them their tax forms and they're not hiring them as true employees of their companies.
1: And and they're the U.S. Chamber money. of Crony Capitalism doesn't want it to be enforced. Nope. To be
10: honest nope. with you, they just they just take money out of it and it's a slap in the face to the people that have come here legally. And I'll, I'll say this, and I guess I'll, you know, I'm just really upset trying to stay on point. But I voted for Trump, you know, for several reasons, but one of the biggest ones was because of the. His stance on immigration. And I think it's a slap in the face of a lot of these families, that like the Steinle family from California, that he's talking about, we'll get rid of these illegal immigrants because they're here doing crimes or doing this. It's a slap on the face because they've campaigned on their backs, got the votes, and now he's talking about giving people amnesty. That
1: All right, my friend. Now, you're quite right. Uh, this I think a lot of people are going to be upset about this, and rightly so. And you're going to be spun like hell on this, spun like hell. Well the Heritage Foundation is a bit schizophrenic. Uh they put out a report today that said that Donald Trump is much more conservative than Ronald Reagan in his first year. Of course Ronald Reagan didn't have a Republican house, but and his tax cuts were much more massive on the independent on the individual side, but the Heritage Foundation uh, uh that's its position. Wait. Now Heritage Action for America, part of the Heritage Foundation just issued a Press release, proposed amnesty growing in size. This is hot off the presses. According to reports, the Trump administration will propose allowing up to 1.8 million illegal immigrants that came to America before they were adults to gain legal status and ultimate citizenship. A White House official reporter, he said the plan includes the DACA, a deferred action for child arrivals, population plus individuals who failed to apply for DACA, but otherwise met the requirements as well as adjustments in time frame that would bring the total... Maximum population to 1.8 million. So let me explain this in plain English. We were talking about 700,000 to 800,000 people under DACA. Then they did two things. They said those who haven't applied for DACA will include you, and they didn't apply for a reason, not that they weren't aware of it. Some of them didn't apply because they would have been deported. Some of them have you know, troubling backgrounds, but whatever it is. And they've apparently changed the date, although they haven't given to us used to be, anyone who was brought here in 2007 and before, as Daniel Horowitz and I were deciding uh, discussing in the first hour, they've obviously changed that to another year, 2009, 2010, 2014. They're not telling us right now. So while Heritage Foundation issued a press release this morning, Heritage Action releases this press release tonight. Quote, amnesty comes in many forms but it seems they all eventually grow in size and scope. Any proposal that expands the amnesty-eligible population risks opening Pandora's box, this is my point, and could lead to a gang-of-eight-style negotiation. That should be a non-starter, and that is the problem. They go on, if any amnesty negotiations are to take place, they should remain extremely limited scope. So as not to encourage further illegal immigration, it is imperative President Trump hold firm to his commitment to eliminate chain migration. Voters overwhelmingly agree with this position that immigration should be based on merit, not whether a distant relative holds a green card. So the way this could play out is the Democrats sabotage it, in which case the pom-pom boys and girls will tell you this was the President's plan all along. Genius. <clears throat> or uh, we get some kind of downgraded, reformed chain migration, you know, these people are grandfathered in and those people aren't grandfathered in and so for some, some uh, mashed potatoes here, I don't know, we'll be told again, magnificent, genius, absolutely brilliant. Or we'll be told <laughs> the Democrats should take the 1.8 million. Uh, they say they want to take the 1.8 million, but they're going to reject the rest. Good, their backs are against the wall, we win again. Look, we're not winning when any of this goes on. We're not winning when our side proposes amnesty, citizenship for 1.8 million people, when that was never on the table. You flop that on the table along with the chain, eliminating chain migration and the, and the uh, diversity lottery. No. The way you go into this is say, all right, let's talk about DACA. I want to talk about chain migration. I want to talk about the diversity lottery. Your turn. You don't give them one point. You don't. You don't give them another million plus citizenship when nobody's talking about citizenship. Yeah, but Tom Cotton likes it, and Eric Erickson likes it. So I guess we all have to change our views. Just kidding, boys. Just kidding. I'll be right back. Much lovin'. Predictable, so obvious. A uh, unforced error here. Here's Dick Durbin, who just released a statement on the uh, president's proposal, the outlines of the president's proposal. "Quote: Dreamers should not be held hostage to President Trump's crusade to tear families apart and waste billions of American tax dollars on an ineffective wall. That's chain migration. He's addressing and the law." After four and a half months, his administration finally says it has a plan to solve the crisis he created when he ended DACA. The White House claims to be compromising because the President now agrees with the overwhelming majority of Americans that Dreamers should have a pathway to citizenship. But his plan will put the administration's entire hardline immigration agenda, including massive cuts to legal immigration, on the backs of these young people. Republicans have just 14 days to work with Democrats, to reach a bipartisan agreement to pass the DREAM Act and solve the DACA crisis. The president himself acknowledged two weeks ago that this must be addressed first before any attempt to turn to comprehensive immigration reform. Bipartisan negotiations continue in Congress to get that done. They're blowing off the president. We got our 1.8 million. You get nothing. And we're still going to negotiate and see how much more we can get. <laughs> President throws out on the table, citizenship for 1.8 million people wasn't even on the table. And, of course, I, I, we talked about this first hour. And, of course, Durbin's position is, uh, no, no there's chain migration. No. The wall, no. 1.8 million, uh, good start. Good start. And as our buddy Daniel Horowitz pointed out, in the first hour, they lost their leverage here. Of course, the president can pull out, and he's going to pull out if he does because of you and me, not because of the cheerleaders. And it's our civic obligation to speak out now to help him, to help him. But Dick Durbin just blew the whole thing off. So uh, that's why I say we put an awful lot on the table for starters. He really did. Bill, quickly, Arlington, Texas, the great WBAP, go.
5: Thank you so much, Mark. Um, I really appreciate what you've had to say. I I am so upset. Uh, I've been a lifelong party activist in the Republican Party uh, going back to 1964. And I know that when we make mistakes like this, some of our voters just turn away and don't go to the polls. That affects... Uh, races up and down the ballot. We um, and Donald Trump did such a good job. The Congress and, and Trump did such a good job with tax reform. They flooded on on uh, Obamacare. They did such a good job with tax reform, and now they're going in the other direction. I know- I, I don't even understand. You're, you're so
1: right. They were they were in, a, in an upward trajectory, and then this. I'll be back.
0: This is the nation's town
3: hall meeting, and you can join in at 877-381-3811.
1: The holidays might be over, but the winter, well, it's just begun. According to studies, the air indoors contains up to 100 times more pollution than the air outside. This can cause illness and allergies, unnecessary wear and tear on your HVAC system, leading to costly repairs, even worse, the premature replacement of the entire system. Resolve to breathe better with Filter By, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. And this is a small business. It's owned by a family in the United States. And they make their filters in the United States. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped free within 24 hours. Plus, as I say, they're manufactured right here in America. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you never have to think about air filters again. They arrive on a schedule. They're well-priced. You put them in place and there you are, fresher air. Save money, save time, breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com, FilterBuy.com. We are now on the auto delivery system on that schedule, and I would encourage you to do that, too. That's FilterBuy, FilterBuy.com. Let's go, Ray. Pittsfield, Massachusetts, Sirius Satellite. Go.
5: Mark uh, make a statement for you is a is an ardent supporter of the president. I I have to say if he capitulates and gives in to this ridiculous new proposal on amnesty, I can assure you he will lose the vote of myself, my family and millions of Americans like me. This is this is beyond ridiculous. And This
1: was this was the number
5: one issue for you I'm guessing. The, unquestionably, it will make his jobs, proposals, the tax, anything else he does will will fall to the wayside and he will be, in in the eyes of voters like myself, a failure if he capitulates on this situation. Simple. Hmm. Why do you
1: think, what kind of advice is he getting? Why do you think he would turn seven or 800,000 DACA uh, individuals in the debate over whether they should be legalized? into 1.8 million citizens. Why, why would they do that right out of the box?
5: Let me tell you this. When I heard this, I read it on uh, Breitbart and heard it. I actually went up to my bedroom, sat in a chair for half an hour, and tried to think of a reason for the exact thing. I have no clue. To and me, by
1: the way, is- I read I read to you what what Dick Durbin's response was. Wasn't that utterly predictable?
5: I mean, he. what did he do, take it off a boilerplate? I mean, it was so predictable, it was sickening. I agree with you, a thousand percent.
1: I mean, the guy says, basically, no on the wall. That's a waste of money. No on the ending of chain migration. We're not going to divide families. And screw you. We're going to continue to negotiate. Basically, what Durbin is saying is, we now have the upper hand in these negotiations. We now have the upper hand. You've showed us how far you're willing to go Even, even before we've actually engaged,
5: it it amazes me that Trump, the businessman, who's obviously made hundreds of great deals in his life from a business perspective, would would, exactly like you're saying, would put out, lay his cards on the table, and basically say, "I'm knuckling under. You go ahead, do what you want."
1: Now now let me tell you what else might happen, Ray. This whole thing might collapse. And you and I will be told this is absolute genius because Trump really didn't want to deal in the first place. I don't believe that, do you?
5: No, absolutely not. They can they can tell tell people like me whatever they want, but you know if if they think us deplorables are that ignorant, they they really are really fooling themselves, and they're going to pay for it. GOP, whoever, whatever party is going to pay for it in the next election cycles, especially the presidential one, if he capitulates in this fashion. I just I'm shocked, and in and, and I'm you know sickened about it it's a, it's a sickening possibility let me
1: well you're me definitely going to have people tomorrow trying to angle this a different way I, I just think for yourselves folks think for yourselves put the proper pressure respectfully on the administration they need to reverse course on this they need to rethink what they've done thank you for your call my friend eliza vacaville california the great ksfo go
13: hello mark love you i'm thank you. i've just got an anecdotal story about a kid that has come to live with us, he yep. came here when he was three with his younger brothers to be sent with their father, who mm-hmm. subsequently was in prison. So they're floating mm-hmm. around with relatives forever. Dad gets out of prison. Um, kids are reunited with the dad, who is so abusive that they were taken out of the home by foster care. So they're in the foster care system. Somebody agrees to be their guardian, so then they're out of the foster care system. And then he gets kicked out of the guardian's house. 17 years old it's a nightmare and I'm trying to feel, I'm totally on board I do not want amnesty for illegal illegal immigrants but here I've got this kid in my home and I I really feel stuck between a rock and a hard place how do we take care of these kids and what mother in where her is mind the mother
1: where is the mother in
13: Mexico in Mexico
1: well why why isn't she coming here to get her son?
13: Uh, that's what I don't know. I well, can't figure why it out.
1: Well, gov- why doesn't our government work with the Mexican government to do that?
13: They should. I, why are we always I finding
1: don't. ways for somebody like that to come here rather than us trying to figure out why that kid shouldn't go home?
13: Right. I, I agree.
1: Meanwhile, the father's in prison. He's another, he's another one on the dole. All right, thank you for your call, my friend. Let's continue, shall we? Gary, San Jose, California, the great KSFO, go.
3: Thank you, Mark. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Your country needs you, man. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, I didn't vote for Donald Trump because the Russians made me do it. I voted for no. Trump primarily because of the stance he took on immigration during his campaign, period. And... Uh, you know, that being said, uh I don't know what he's up to right now, what his bargaining chips are or whatever. But uh oh well, Mexico kind of started this a long time ago with their philosophical war they declared on us with this Reconquista movement of theirs, which claims that we stole half of their land, which couldn't be Yeah, yeah, I know,
1: I them. know, I know. But but we had on the table 800,000 individuals under the Stocker program. And the issue was whether he was going to extend DACA or whether they were going to try and cut a deal in which these people would be legalized. And then tonight, 1.8 million pathway to citizenship, 1.8 million people pathway to citizenship. But we're going to get rid of chain migration. We're going to get rid of the uh, visa lottery. Well, you know, you're going to have to have the Democrats to do that. And the number two Democrat in the Senate told Trump, screw you, we're moving along
3: this 1.8 number even come from? It's so strange.
1: I'll tell you what it came from. It comes from the number of people who came here in 2007 and before. Now they've extended that to 2009, 10, or 11. We're not sure. They adjusted that so it would include more people and the people who didn't sign up for DACA, not because they forgot or didn't get the word, but because they chose not to. And so the administration on its own initiative is proposing, all right, we'll sweep all of them into the system. We'll even change the date and sweep more into the system. We're not going to talk about legalization. We're actually going to talk about citizenship and showing the Democrats that we really are serious about cutting a deal. They'll come around. And the number two Democrat today said no. So our starting position is not legalization. It's citizenship. Our starting position isn't seven or eight hundred thousand people, it's one point eight million people. When we had the Republicans had a bill on the shelf in the House of Representatives written by the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee would chain migration, eliminate the uh uh the, the visa lottery, enforce e verify, and give legalization to the seven or eight hundred thousand. That should have been the basis of the plan right there.
3: Exactly. And, and I, just from listening to your other callers, it's safe to say, like, Mr. President, if you're listening, don't do this. You will not be reelected if you do this. I hope he hears our voices.
1: Because- I hope so, because he can pull this back, and he won't pull it back. If we're a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, yes men and uh, and slobbering, we, we've, we've got to make the case. I'm trying to do it tonight. You, my magnificent audience, you understand this. You're trying to make the case, too. All right, Gary, I appreciate it. Will, Dallas, Texas, the great WBAP. Go.
4: Hey, Mark. What an honor to speak with you. Um, Thank you. So uh, I honestly don't understand why everyone is so ups- upset about this. I, too, my... Biggest issue for voting for Trump. I voted for Obama twice was immigration. But um, you know, surely you're familiar Anybody, with. The you Simpson voted for
1: Zoli. Obama twice and then you voted for Trump.
4: Absolutely. And right, go ahead. Um, so, well, I was young at the time. The first time, I'm 29 now. Um, but surely you're familiar with the Simpson-Mazzoli Act of 1986. Uh, four million people were given citizenship.
1: Now, actually, four million weren't. It was 2.3 million, and it was a terrible mistake.
4: Well, I heard 3.1 to 4
1: million. But Sir, I was there. It was 2.3 million. Reagan didn't really want to do it. The Republicans in Congress were pressing and pressing and pressing. He got two things done. He got the I-9 form done, and he got a provision that would require uh, building up and securing the border. Now, I've talked about this a thousand times, and so has everybody else. The Democrats took the amnesty, and they never funded the border security. One thing about Reagan is Reagan learned when he was governor of California, he signed an abortion bill that he thought would limit abortion. But the provisions in there for rape and incest, that was fine, but also the health of the mother. And what happened was that was, quote-unquote, a loophole through which the doctors and the pro-abortion crowd drove their agenda. And he said it was a mistake and I would never do it again. And I guarantee you Reagan would say the same thing, But you have Bush doing it, you have Trump doing it, and so there's a lot of things you can say about Reagan, most of them positive, but he learned lessons well. Apparently we don't learn these lessons well, that the Democrats take the amnesty and never give us our funding.
4: Well, would it still be a mistake if we only gave 1.8 million people a pathway to citizenship and still... Um, and, and got rid of chain migration or got rid of the
1: but you know, so you're not going, th- look, this is a negotiation. If you were to say to me, we'll give 1.8 million citizenship would you get rid of chain migration? I'd have to think hard about that. That's not what's happening. I just read to you what Dick Durbin said. He just said, you know, uh, it barely it even acknowledged the 1.8 million uh, citizenship issue where Trump moved a, a whole couple of football fields in negotiation and he said, no on chain migration. No, on the visa lottery. So I would ask you this question: We just up the basic uh, play here to 1.8 million citizens with nothing in return. So would you take Mark,
8: that? He, if he gives them, answer my question:
1: them. Would you take that? What was the question? I was. I was would you take 1.8 million citizenships? With no wall and no chain mi- and uh, no elimination of the chain migration.
5: No, I wouldn't. But that's what makes it so brilliant, Marcus. He gives them. If he See, folks, the table, I can't citizens-
1: can help with the cult guys. So this is brilliance now. What makes it so brilliant?
5: If he gives Durbin, if he puts it on the table, 1.8 million people
4: for citizenship, and they say no on the basis of them not getting rid of chain migration or the diversity lottery, that means that they're leaving 1.8 million people out to dry. Their base is going to hate them it. They don't
1: care. They don't care about people. They care about power. Don't you understand? They will wait this guy out. They'll wait for the next Democrat president, and they'll get everything they want. Why not do it now? All right, thanks for your call. This is... I don't mind debating logically. I don't main, mind debating ideologically. I can't debate cultists. It's not what I do. It's not what I like to do. I don't like to do it. Let's see. Debbie, Cliffside Park, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go.
13: Hi, Mark. Yeah, I just want to make a point. Um, I thought, that, that what happened to the Rays Act? All of a sudden that disappeared and then I thought that he said, was it a week or so ago, that uh, the deal had to pass muster with uh, Tom Cotton and Mark Meadows, or it was no go. And now he's, like, flipped to the other side. And I wonder if it's because of the other day these illegals stormed the uh, uh, Capitol and senators and congressmen's offices, screaming obscenities at them and everything else, and he caves. I mean, it's like I feel like he's playing with us. He goes one way, then he goes the other way. It's like he's trying to appease
1: Who is who, playing with us?
13: John, President Trump.
1: I I really don't think he is. I don't think that's his attitude, to play with his base. I really don't. But I do appreciate your call. Tom Cotton's all in. Says this restores immigration levels after a few years to late Clinton-era levels. Why do so many Obama Democrats want to repudiate Bill Clinton's... So now we're going to get into uh, silliness. Okay. Now we're going to get into silliness. Tom, you're better than this but this is where he's going to go. I'll be right back.
0: My
1: question to the president, Tom Cotton, Steve Miller, and all the rest is, why did you turn this into a citizenship issue? Why did you turn it into a citizenship issue, and why did you write out of the box more than double the numbers? You can talk to us about down the road, legal immigration, down the road, chain migration, down the road. The people who support this, who are calling my program and its relative handful, are supporting it because Trump has proposed it. They're not supporting it on any rational basis. But they are saying things like, well, we get chain migration eliminated. We don't get anything. Because nothing's been agreed to. The Democrats don't come to us and say, you know what? We'll begin to eliminate chain migration in five years. What do you think? They never come to us with things like that. Now, they may wind up there as a deal, but they don't come to us starting like that. We just came to them more than double the number. And rather than legalization, we're now handing out citizenship cards. Future voters. And we're told this is pretty good. That's a good number. Look what we're getting in exchange. We're not getting anything in exchange. Durbin just said no. So it's failed. That's the genius of it, Mark. What's the genius of it? You know, goals for 2018. I've got them. But I can only achieve them if we're well-rested. And thankfully, I have a Casper mattress helping me get a great night's sleep. The Casper mattress has a unique combination of foams that provide the right pressure relief and comfort so you feel perfectly balanced. And thanks to the breathable material, you're guaranteed to sleep coolly. Plus, the mattresses are built to last for years. Basically, since I've gotten my Casper, I've gotten the best sleep ever. So I know 2018 is going to be a wonderful year. And try Casper yourself for 100 nights in your own home risk-free. And they ship it to you for free in a compact box. But you know what? If you don't love it, I know you will. But if you don't, you don't have to put it back in that tiny box. They come pick it up and refund you everything, no questions asked. My advice, take a mattress off the bed, lean it against the wall, order your Casper. You can use it for over three months, and I bet you keep it. Start your year off right with a guaranteed great night's sleep every night. Get a Casper. Try yours for a 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. Here's how you get it. Go to Casper.com slash Mark and use code Mark, and you'll save 50 bucks on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash mark code mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses terms and conditions applied. What's key here, don't personalize it because it's President Trump and you feel like anytime you question what he's proposed that you're questioning his integrity and character and you're undermining it. You're not. We're trying to help him. This is the beginning of a process. Some might say, what are you all worked up for? It's a process. you got to get to the end. Well, that's right. you got to jump into the process to be relevant to the process. And that's where your citizenship comes in. We salute all you heroes out there. And I want to thank you, the greatest audience of audiences. I'll see you tomorrow.
8: I'm Mark Levin.